0: So the title of the message today is Location, Location. Just look at that beautiful picture. That's what they say. It's the most important, location, location. Uh, we will, in a few years' time, everybody, every one of us will truly be aware of the importance of location, location. So I trust that you are excited today, that you're expectant, because what will the Lord share with you today? Wow, look at this. Preach to the cameras. I didn't know that we had an unrepented camera in this church. <laughs> so camera. <laughs> no, that's just a joke. Just a joke. Cut it out. Cut it out. Yeah, I, I'm so excited about the word of God because the Lord is always, always inviting us to a new level of life in the spirit. Always, always, always. So this is truly an invitation from the Lord for us to live on a higher level in a different place, a different dwelling place. So I read to you our scripture, John 14, from verse 1 to verse 6. And in the Amplified Classic, now let us start there. Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. So this morning, before church, some people prayed for me. and Pastor Bruce just mentioned there in his prayer, and he said, Lord, one word from you will change someone's life. And it really hit me. And immediately, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said... Firstly, I should stop right there. Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. And the Lord show me in the spirit that so many people sitting in this house today and people listening and watching on TV, maybe your heart is troubled today. And maybe you are distressed. Maybe you are worried. Maybe you carry the burdens of the world and all the stuff around you on your shoulders. But let me tell you this. This written word of God is prophetic in its character. And the life of this word is forever and ever. There's no expiry date. And this is the word of Jesus. And he speaks to you today and says, don't let your hearts be troubled. So I speak a word of release over you, and I I want to invite you to slip up your hand if maybe this is you, so that I can pray with you, anybody in this house, slip up your hand if you are distressed and troubled. Let's deal with this right now because this is not what the Lord wants for you. He wants you to live in peace. He wants you to live with his kingdom established in you. And he wants you to settle this matter once and for all. Don't believe the lies of the devil that says you can't make it, you won't make it, you're gone, you're over, there's no life. Because the truth of the word is he is still the miracle maker. He is still the Savior. His name is Jesus, the name above all names. And I speak the name of Jesus over your life. So, Lord, we thank you that we can bring everyone in this house. We lift Up their hands, and everyone watching, listening, who are distressed today, we stand against it and we speak a word of peace and life over their lives. Lord, we break the work of the enemy. Thank you that your word says you came to destroy the work of the enemy. So Lord, we speak the name of Jesus. We proclaim the name of Jesus over every life here, over every spouse, over every child, every grandchild whom parents are distressed for. And we call the name of Jesus over them so that peace will be in this house in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen. All right. Now, actually, uh, you've got your money's worth, so now we can actually stop right here. But let's rather carry on. John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. You believe in and, in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and, in and rely on also on me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places, homes, if it were not so. I would have told you, for I am going away to prepare a place for you. And when, if I go and make ready a place for you, I will come back again and I will take you to be to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Let me repeat this I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And to the place where I'm going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, there are a few uh, different interpretations on this passage. And I will share the first one with you just briefly, not just so that you're not unsettled. And the first one is that Jesus actually went to prepare a place called heaven for us. Which is true. Which is true. But I believe in this sense, in this context, there's a lot more. But we are heading to, towards heaven. That's the end of our journey. And oftentimes we forget about the reality of an eternity with God. Can you believe it? That is where we are heading. And it's a wonderful joy to remind yourself of that. That is where I'm heading. I'm heading towards an eternity with my eternal Father. Does that excite you? It excites me. Can you imagine that? For eternity, for, for eternity you will be free of worries, free of fear. You know what's one of the best things of heaven? There's no money there. (laughs) No shortage. And not too much. Both of them cause a lot of trouble. There won't be any money, just imagine that. But the most important of it is that we will be in the presence of our Father and of Jesus. And you will see Him for who He really is. Can you imagine that? Oftentimes, I see people who have been in the presence of the Lord for a few minutes, a few seconds, and their lives change completely. They transformed into another person. Can you imagine spending an eternity in the presence of your Father? I'm excited about that. Thank you, Lord, that you saved us. Thank you, Lord, that you set me free from an eternity without you. I'm excited about that. So it's no fairy tale. This is the truth of the word of God. Yes, there is a heaven that is waiting for us. Let me just give you the slip side of that coin. There is also a hell. And that's not today's sermon. But let me just assure you of that. That's also not a fairy tale. So I want to say to you, if any of you are there playing with the things of God, don't do that. It's eternity It's life and death, it's real, it's true. The Father wants to save you. He says in his word, 1 Timothy 2, he wants for everybody to be saved. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell for to spend an eternity there. He wants to save you. He wants you to live in his presence, in his joy forever and ever. The invitation is there. So if you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, today is the day, not tomorrow. Today is the day that you run to him. Get on your knees, repent. Say, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19 say, If we who are in Christ have hope only in this life, and that is all, then we of all people are the most miserable and to be pitied. So you can hope in an eternity with God. Amen. Well, we're making good progress. That's About the, um, yeah, where are we? we? We are here, yeah. We are here. So, what I want to say to you is, don't be deceived by our longing for eternal heaven because we are still living here. The Lord has placed you and I here, and we live here. We are still not there. And we need to bring heaven down to this earth. Here where our feet are walking. This is where we need to establish the kingdom. And that is the invitation that Jesus tells his disciples. They were quite bewildered. I don't think they had a clue what he was talking about. He says, I will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. The AV translation Andre Fenter translation says, Hey guys, I am here, but I'm also there. I will prepare a place for you, and I will come and I will fetch you in the spirit. Even though you're physically here on this earth, you can live with me in my Father's house. There are many dwelling places. Amen. So it's an invitation, it's it's, it's an invitation to living on a completely different level, to experience a level of life that you never knew before, a place where you will encounter angels, a place where miracles will happen, a place where breakthroughs will happen all of a sudden, unexplained, a complete different place. Unfortunately, it's not a crowded place, but He's there and His presence is there. Jesus says, I am there and I will take you to be with me in my Father's house for there are many dwelling places. How does He prepare a place for you? Well, He died on the cross. He became a sin offering for you. He paid the price for you. What's more, He got the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father. He poured out His Holy Spirit on you. He said, you will receive... Power When the Holy Spirit is in you and upon you, He has given everything so that you are prepared to live in that place. He has given it all. He prepared the place for you. So you need to be filled with His Spirit. You need to be full with Him so that you can be where He is. Paul, in Ephesians 2 verse 6, he tries to explain something of it. Now remember Paul. He had an uphill battle. He was the man of the law. Jesus hit him off his horse and now he became the man of grace and he tried to reconcile both of these. So he tries to explain this and he says, you are seated with Christ in heaven. Have you read that? Well, it's one of those passages which we conveniently just bypass quickly, for we don't understand it completely. We don't grasp the reality of it. Let me say this to you, the the mere fact that we battle to understand it doesn't mean that we are entitled to bypass it. It's still an invitation. It's still the reality. That's the truth of the gospel. That is where we're supposed to live from. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. It means we need to dwell there with him. I'm here, but I'm also there. Does it make sense? It will never make sense. But in the spirit, you can say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Don't understand it at all. But yes, Lord, yes, Lord, your word says it, so it has to be true. Lord, help me to understand this. Lord, help me to grasp this, to lay hold of this with all I am and all I have. Jesus talks about this, and he says, he prays in his very well-known prayer in Matthew 6. He said, as it is in heaven, let it also be on earth. This is to fulfill his mandate, establishing the kingdom of God. Are you fulfilling your mandate? Are you doing what the Lord has called you to do? As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Or are you waiting for Jesus to come and fix it all up? He wants to use you to fix it all up. He's given you the spirit. He's given you the power of the spirit so that you can fix it up, that you can establish his kingdom where you live, where you walk. Amen. Amen. That's our calling, that's our mandate. Now, in the Old Testament, oftentimes, we read about a prophet or someone walking with God and the Holy Spirit will speak and say, where are you? Why are you here? What are you doing here? Holy Spirit, will you speak to each and every person today and ask them, why are you here? I mean, don't mean in church, you're at a good place. You're at a good place, why are you here in your spirit? Why are you so far removed from the presence and the glory of God? What are you doing here? For the Lord is inviting you to a new level, to another place. He invites you. This is His heart for you. And I acknowledge that there is a place of restoration. There is a place where we need to get healed. I acknowledge that because I've been there oftentimes. And I know a lot of you have been there and maybe still be there. But That is not the place for us to live. Jesus, in Luke 4, he quotes uh, um, um, Isaiah 61. And listen to what he says. He says... The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted year of the Lord and the free favors of God. He rolled up the book and gave it back to the attendant, sat down and He said, Today the Scripture has been fulfilled in your very sight. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to set the captives free, of course. He need to set you free. He need to heal you from the trauma, from the hurts, from everything that happened in your life. But that's not your dwelling place. That's not your destination. That is only a station on a railway line. You know, a railway line, it, 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 it pictures the, our journey so beautifully to me. But some of us, we camp out on the station. We actually pitch a tent there on the station platform. We actually build a rondavel there. In South Africa, they call you a squatter. In three months' time, you'll have a title deed for that. But in the real world, it won't work. In the spiritual world, it doesn't work. You're not supposed to be a squatter at the train station. You'll be supposed to be on the train because the train is the journey. That's the kingdom of God. And the train is running, running, running. You can't be at the station forever. Yes, you check in there and the Lord heal you and he restores you. Thank the Lord for his restoration. Thank the Lord that he lead out the captives. Thank the Lord that he cut off the chains. But believe that, believe that, believe that. You know. When Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, the learned, trusted rabbi in Israel, and and he's only talking about salvation, uh, that poor Nicodemus, his whole cage is shattered, he's shaken, he doesn't know where to go, what to understand. And then Jesus carries on, and he says, if you don't even believe and understand the things of the earth, how will you understand if I tell you about the things of heaven? So when you remain here on the station, how will you ever understand the things of heaven? The Lord wants to promote you. The Lord wants to set you free. Yes, and sometimes when you're on the journey, you need to clock in there quickly again. And the Lord needs to sort you out. But you're on the train again. And you run because this is the journey. It's the kingdom of God. And I'm running. I'm running. I'm running. Thank you, Lord. You are with me. You help me to go to this place where it, there's, there's absolute victory, where I can, can live at another level. Lord, breakthroughs, this is what I win. This is what I want. A life where the Lord heals me. You see, the problem is that we, we really, really stay here. But I, and I want to picture to you actually two railway lines. The one is the inward journey and one is the outward journey. The inward journey is there where you stop at the station and where the Holy Spirit works in your heart and He heals you and He restores you. But once He restored you, then He lights up His fire in your heart. (laughs) And you say, thank you, Lord. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. In the the old church that I was brought up, the AFM, we had a little chorus, I am free, free, free. Christ has made me free. Once I was blind, but now I can see because I'm free, free, free. Because once I'm free, the Lord wants me to be useful. The Lord wants me to get onto this journey. So the inward journey is the Lord is healing me. He touches me. He restores me. He makes me whole again. He, he makes me the person He intended me to be. He gives me my purpose. And then out of this inward journey, I jump out into the outward journey because if I'm so full of the Spirit, it just can't be otherwise. How can you be so full of God and not useful to anybody around you? How can you just be busy with yourself for all your life? You know, it will be like one of these uh, nuns or whoever living in a monastery and just busy with yourself in your little room pee there, and uh, you, just, you just eat pop and milk. And... <laughs> to be humble, no bacon, no bacon, no <laughs> boudoirs. We need to stay humble. And you spend time in prayer, and you read, and you pray, and you read, and you pray, and you you read and pray. And after a few years, you start floating around there in your little room. And ooh, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. But are you useful to the kingdom of God? Is that your mandate? Is that what the Lord has called you for? You're useless. You're useless. This inward journey needs to translate into an outward journey. It needs to set you on fire for God. Amen. (laughs) You can't, (laughs) you just can't remain there, and you need both. You can't emphasize the one uh, on top of the other. You you need to to run with both, because here in the inward journey, God restores you, and He builds your character. He changes all the nonsense, you know, all that touchiness, all that... (laughs) All that what can we call, I wonder if we can call that in English, that andreness. <laughs> you know? That meanness, that me that is so alive, He breaks it down by the power of his spirit and I get less and less and less and less. but once it happens, it will work out and then the same spirit of God empowers me to be his witness to be the answer for this world, to walk. And wherever I walk, I will bring a word of hope. That hope that Pastor Bruce prayed about, one word. Sometimes someone that you meet only needs one spirit-filled word, and it will change their lives. But if you remain there, you're useless. You need to be on track. You need to be on the journey. You need to run with God. So you need both. So you need to be on fire. Let me illustrate this to you. Peter and John, they walk towards the temple to bring the offerings, three o'clock, more or less, and there's the beggar. You can read about that in Acts 4, 3. There's the crippled man. 40 years he couldn't walk. From birth he couldn't walk. Can you imagine that? We don't understand the graveness of the situation. He could never walk. Can you imagine how his feet looked, how his legs looked? Did he have any muscles? It is an absolute impossibility. And he sits there, and Peter and John approaches him. He asks them for something, a few shekels for the day. But Peter stopped, and they both looked at him. And Peter looked him in the eye, and he said, look at me, look at me. What happened there? See, this man had a small expectation that he will only be tied over for today. But here is a man of God that only now, now, just now, now, the other day, he, he, he turned his back on Jesus, this Peter. Just the other day, he turned his back on Jesus, but the Spirit worked so mightily in his heart that today he can approach a beggar, a cripple, and He's got so much to offer. He says, Look at me. I haven't got money. I haven't got silver and gold. But what I've got, I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Amen. What I've got, I give to you. What I've got, I give to you. I ask you today, people of God, what have you got? What have you got? Are you still on the station? Are you still just busy with yourself? May the Lord help you to get free and to realize that this is the truth of God. He died so that you may be set free, that you can live in victory, that you can live in the dwelling place with your Father, that you are there, but you're also there You are a man and a woman of God, bringing about a change wherever you go. Wow. Someone asked me, just take a sip. (laughs) Someone asked me after the first service, What is in that bottle? (laughs) (laughs) Let me blow your bubble. Our is in that bottle. <laughs> Can you believe that? Can you believe that? So I ask you today, are you there? Are we there? That's point number two. Whoa I congratulate myself I didn't miss this point. <laughs> are we there? Are we there? I want to relate a little story to you, which is actually the truth. It really happened. And I told this story a few years ago. So for those of you who heard it, yeah, but some of you haven't heard it. So when I was a little boy, we were living in Kempton Park. So Kempton Park, at that stage, was a wonderful little town, and everything was going good and well there. So my dad, he had a truck. A truck, and the truck was called ERF. I don't know what it was, standing. I know it was a British-made truck, which already raises a lot of questions. Uh, ERF truck. Now, let me just tell you that an ERF truck didn't start in the winter on its own. It's impossible. I'm sure it was written in the manual. Winter, instructions for winter this truck does not start on its own in winter. It never started on its own, so what would happen in the afternoon, my dad would park the truck facing to the street, and then in the morning, my mom would get out, and we had a Zephyr. Now, a Zephyr was a good car. That was British-made, by the way, so sorry, Brits. Uh, It was a good car. So she would take the Zephyr, park it in front of the truck, with a thick rope, my dad will tie the rope onto that uh, uh, truck and the zephyr, and a long rope, a long rope, I remember. And then she would drive slowly until uh, it takes up the the slack, and uh, then she would put foot on that zephyr. Now, for at first, the Zephyr will just start, it will just spin, 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 spin. But slowly but surely, it will gain some traction, and then it would start moving. And, and very reluctantly, that ERF would follow. It would move. It would go out, 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 out of the yard. And Church Street, we lived in Kerkstra 23, Church Street 23. And the street, the downhill was going towards the west, and uh, so my mom would go that way, and now she was going, 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 picking up speed, picking up speed, pick, picking up speed, more more, more speed. And then my dad would lean through the window. Of course, I was sitting next to him. I was jumping up in joy for jo- up and down for joy, because it was most magnificent to see how they battle. It was just <laughs> wonderful, <sighs> because I knew they would sort it out sometime. Somehow, sometime, it was a great spectacle. And then my dad would lean through the window, and he would shout to my mom, which is the Afrikaans for clutch. There's no such word in Afrikaans, clutch. So when he shouted clutch, she pushed in the clutch, and then the zephyr would slow down, and now the truck starts catching up, catching up, catching up, catching up, catching up. And as it gets close to the zephyr, my dad would release the truck's clutch and it would jump and then it just burst into action. And it starts. I I can remember it like yesterday. And he would park the truck beside the road, take the rope, get into the car, go, go home, the truck, leave the truck standing there, idling, 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 and he having his breakfast, after his breakfast, he would come back, get into the truck, and do his day's work. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever wondered why things have happened in your life? Funny things, stupid things. Maybe it's that someday you can preach about it. Because you know, you know, sometimes I feel like there are so many people who are just like that ERF. You just go don't get them started. They don't start on their own. They need a pastor to pull them, to push them, to beg them. All the pastors here, they've got all their things. um. (laughs) Pastor Peter... Uh, the gentle giant. Uh, all of them, all the other pastors here, they, they beg you, they, they plead with you, they promise you nice uh, things to eat afterwards and stuff. Uh, you know, that's the toe, that's the toe, you know? That's the toe, and the zephyr, and, the, and they try, and, and they pull, and they pull, and sometimes the clutch doesn't work out, then they run into each other, and some mess, but they, they just want you there, they want you there. I want to ask you, people of God, don't you want to get fired up by the Spirit of of God so that you can start on your own. Amen. That you don't need the zephyr that you that you just when when, when the master wants to use you, you're ready. You're idling. You're ready. You say, Lord, how can you use me? How can I be useful? Lord, can I join a life group? Lord, can I join this? Can I do this? What can I do? How can I get involved? Lord, would you help me that I would read this book like never before? Lord, and if this book tells me to get rid of my nonsense, I will put it aside and I will walk away from it and I will get healed of it. You know, we get so comfortable with our lifestyles with the wrong things in our lives. We think it's okay. It's not okay. If there's nonsense in your life, get rid of it. Walk away from it. The Lord wants to set you free so that He can use you, that you can establish the kingdom of God. Do you want to live a Psalm 23 life? Yeah. He prepared a table in the face of my enemies. (laughs) You will never, never experience that if you're not living in that dwelling place of the Father. That is the place of authority, the place of power. There you can sit and have a feast with Jesus, your Savior, in the presence of your enemies. And they grind their teeth, and they don't know what to do. But you're comfortable because you're in his presence. This is my dwelling place. Satan, you're not going to trip me up. Satan, I'm not going to be falling into fear. I won't be agitated. I live in this dwelling place. I'm here, but I'm also there. Does it make sense to you? Psalm 23, Psalm 91, nothing will touch you. Are we there? I wonder. Favor, provision. Where, why are you there? Why are you where you are? Let me read this to you because I ask myself. So I ask. You can ask me. So Andre, are you there? Hmm. Andre, are you there? You preach about it. Now, let me just say one thing. I will never preach to you anything that the Lord hasn't been putting in my heart for myself first. So I'm busy with this, and I taste some of it. I taste some of it. By his mercy and his grace, he opens the door to me sometimes, and I get a glance into his glory, and I get a breakthrough, and I see things that I never have seen. and things happen in my life. Sometimes it's so private, you only keep it to yourself. But I'm not there yet. But listen to this. Listen to Paul, Paul, the big the great Paul. Philippians 3, verse 12, he says, not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, because in this world, we will never be made perfect. Don't let the enemy trip you up and say, oh, well, pastor, I'm not perfect, so I'm useless. No, none of us will ever be perfect. That's why I say, on your journey, on your running with this train, establishing the kingdom, yes, the Lord will still need to fix you up every now and then, but As long as you're going, as long as you're going. He said, I press on to lay hold of and grasp and make my own. That for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. This is the one translation in the Afrikaans that's actually better than the English. In the Afrikaans it says, Do you understand that? I grab you. Lord. I grab you, so Paul says, I'm not perfect, I'm not there yet, but one thing I do, I ignore the things of the past, I've dealt with the things of the past, by his grace, by his mercy, but one thing I do, a grip him so that may grip it, because he has grabbed you, he laid hold of you, he pulled you out of the fire, he pulled you out of the dungeons, he set you free, so that you can be free, a grip Listen to this. He says, um, "He says I press onward. And listen to this. Verse 15, he said, So let those who are spiritually mature and full grown have this in mind and hold these convictions. And listen to verse 16. Only let us hold true to what we have already attained. I've never heard a sermon on that. When I read that, of course, I had quite a discussion with the Lord, and, and I, I had to repent afterwards. Who am I to question the Lord, you know? Who am I? Sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. But I had quite a quite a discussion with the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm praying so long for all these breakthroughs. Lord, I long for the all the sick to get healed. Lord, I long for it. Then when I walk into this house, the glory of God will just fall there. Lord, why isn't this happening? And... This is the first time that I ever, I can almost say I heard the Lord audibly speaking to me. And he said, go and read this passage. And he said, only hold true to what you have already attained. What has the Lord already given you? Are you faithful to that? Don't be tripped up to someone else that's there, maybe there, more there. There's a good joke, but I'd rather not do that joke about (laughs) there and there. Maybe there are a lot of people, yeah, there are a lot of people more there than we are, or I am, but it won't stop me, it won't trip me up, it will just fire me up more. It will just fire me up more. And they will just hear me knocking on the door of heaven more and more and more. There's a song by that name, by the way. Knocking on heaven's door. Anyway, they will hear me knocking, 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 seeking, asking, Lord, here I am. I want more. I want more. I want more, Lord. I want to dwell in your presence. I want to dwell in your glory. And slowly but surely, slowly but surely, we gain traction. We gain traction. We gain traction. And I believe that there's a time I'm coming and the Lord is preparing those who are hungry and thirsty for that time to be ready. And you you cannot afford to be parked in the garage at that time because when the glory of God fall on this nation, he wants people who are on the line running, 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 running. 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 <laughs> Amen. Not on the station anymore. So point number 3, how do we get there? You need to be thirsty and hungry, and that is your responsibility. You hear a sermon like this and you feel the Spirit of God working in you. That's your choice. What do you do with it? Oh, it was a good sermon. I don't even want to hear that it was a good sermon. I hope it was an upsetting sermon. I hope that it upset you so much that you can't sleep tonight. And that you actually when you think of me, think yo, I don't want to listen to that guy again because he upset me. But it's a holy upsetting because the Lord wants to stir something in your life. He wants to bring that hunger and that thirst in your life. And that is the distinction. That I will be hungry for Him and thirsty for Him and have a holy discontentment with who I am. I'm content with my circumstances. Yes, I thank the Lord for the circumstances for all He's given me. Thank you, Lord. I'm thankful. I'm contentment. But I'm forever discontent with who I am in Him for there's a higher place, a better place. There is many dwelling, there are many dwelling places in your presence. Father, I want to spend my time there. I want to be more there. I'm here, but I want to be there all the time. Jesus, like when he spoke to his disciples, he said, I only say what I hear my father saying. Wow, how did he manage that? He was here, but he was there. Jesus, I only want to do what I see you are doing. How You can only do that when you're there. This is what we need to do. If you're hungry, you will read this Bible. You will love this Bible more and more and more. You will love it. Do you love the Bible? Wow. I love His Word. Someone asked me the other day, how can I know truth? Well, the more the Word you've got in your life, the more of God's truth you will have. Because the Bible says, Jesus, He is the truth, the life, and the way. And He is the Word of God. So the more of the Word you put in your heart, the more of the Word that is alive in your heart, the more in His truth you will walk, and you will walk another life, a different life. So if you're hungry, you can't get enough of this. You can't get enough of this. You will study it over and over and over. And as you study it, the Holy Spirit, who is the author of this book, who will declare more and more depths of this book to you, things that the world will never see, which are hidden to them, but it was hidden for you, so that you can find it, and you will glory in it, and you will enjoy that more than you can enjoy anything that this world has to offer. If you're hungry and thirsty, you will pray. You will enjoy spending time praising God, worshiping God, just being in His presence and praying. You know this one song that we sang today, and they ended it off with, glory to God, glory to God. I pray that one day we can sing that just for an hour or two. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The more hungry you are and thirsty you are, the more the Spirit will pull you in and invite you in and bring you into this dwelling place of your Father. Does it make sense to you? I want to immerse myself into Him, into His Spirit. I get saddened by some of our more learned colleagues who's got all kinds of comments about, you don't need to do this, you don't need to do this, you don't need to do this. That's for the old. That's a da da da, 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 da. I say, Lord, what's what can I have more? What more can I have? What more can I have? Is there anything Thing that I miss. Lord I want to live in the fullness of your love of your life. I want the fullness of your spirit to dwell in me richly and if your word says I must pray in the spirit then I want to pray more and more in the spirit if your word says I need to prophesy then I want to prophesy if your word says I need to speak in tongues then I want to speak in tongues etc, etc, etc more and more and more of you Lord I am discontent with who I am Location, location, location. Where are you today? Are you where you're supposed to be? Well, let the Lord work in your heart and invite you. Maybe you need to relocate. Maybe you need to upgrade. I need to upgrade all the time, all the time. May the Lord help me that I will just keep on upgrading, upgrading till one day that it's just over for me here. You know, Thank the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. Uh, So anybody that wants to stand with me to ask the Lord, Lord, will you work a work in my heart that I will relocate? I want to dwell where you are. I want to dwell where you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my Father, my Father, how I thank you. How oh, I thank you, Lord, that heaven, heaven is looking down on this house this morning. How oh, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, who works in every heart here, you who knows every person here, you know, you know their longings, you know their hurts, you know their past. But Lord, you also know the victories that lie ahead. You know who they are in you you see them for who they are in you and i release that word over them lord that we will truly relocate Lord, that we will truly dwell with you in your presence. That we will have a hunger and a thirst like never before. Lord, that we would be ready. That we would be ready for whatever lies ahead. That we would be useful. That we would be on fire. That we would be set on fire. That the Spirit of God will burn in our hearts, Lord. That we can't get enough of you, Lord. That we will bring about a change wherever we go. Wherever we walk, let us walk in your victory, Let us bring the glory of God, Lord, that we will have something to offer, that we will be able to stretch out a hand and say in the name of Jesus, receive what I've got. Amen and amen. While you're standing like this, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us just pray the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you, protect you, sustain you, and guard you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you with divine approval and give you peace. In the name of Jesus we speak that. Amen, amen, amen.